Hello and welcome to Quiz Time India. This is your host and quiz master Aditya. Another week is over and another week survived. I won't waste much time because I know when I talk too much about donations and newsletters, you guys skip through it. Yeah, the data tells me that. So let me wrap it up quickly within 15 seconds. Here we go. Apart from the podcast, we have two newsletters, one discontent if you want movies, music, reading or podcast recommendations and second sports quota if cricket is your thing. Finally, you can also donate to the podcast to help it grow. All links in the show notes or in the show description in whichever app you're listening to. And with that, now we move to this week's episode. See, we kept it simple this time. Uh, let's dive right into it. Three guests uh, in this episode. Two, three guests. Again, three people you've heard before on the podcast. First up is Shakti Shetty. Then we have Ashwini Natu. And finally, we have Arvind Rajiv. They've all been guests on the podcast before. And what you will be hearing today are unheard bits from previously recorded episodes. I sincerely hope you enjoy this. So without any further delay, welcome to Quiz Time India. So this one person spent three years in England from 1912 to 1915 and during that phase one of the one of the close acquaintances that this person made was a writer called Edward Thomas so Thomas and our character became close friends in time and they had a ritual of sorts they used to go for these walks too. and during these walks Thomas was slightly a undecisive character and uh, he would often think about a particular choice which uh, these two had made and he would always uh, you know retros in retrospect he would often lament like if that was the right choice or should they have chosen differently and this was quite a common routine every time they would go for a walk Thomas Edward Thomas would keep uh, lamenting like maybe they didn't do the right thing and so on and so forth when our uh, primary character our hero returned to america in 1915 he sent thomas a letter in the letter was a particular piece of work a piece of work which is very very famous now and thomas read it piece was originally written in jest of sorts in a sweet funny way of remembering their times together but thomas took it very seriously and personally and it is said that this may have the piece of work which thomas read it may have been uh, the reason why thomas ended up enlisting in world war 1 where he was killed 2 years later in the battle of arras i'm hoping i'm getting this right uh, a r r a s battle of arras what i want you to tell me is what is this very famous piece of work or writing which edward thomas received which spoke about edward thomas's indecision and it was supposed to be a sort of sweet funny oh remember our times we had such great times but edward thomas was quite a serious fellow and he took it personally he thought this was a sign for him to join the army he unfortunately died 2 years later so this so what i want you to tell me is who is this author or who is this person that we are speaking about and what is this famous piece so the famous person you are talking about 
he's the one who's alive uh, who was alive after world war first but the other guy yeah. he died right yeah the person who who is who was alive he has to be an american because he mm-hmm. went back to america yes an american uh, born in 1874 and uh, died in 1963 oh he, he lived long uh has to be a writer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 1963 uh is it uh is it uh fish gerald by any chance uh, no 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 it's no, not no, no. uh mm. who is the uh, 1963 This poem was written in, as I said, 1915. Oh, I gave it away. It's a poem. Ah, by it's a way. poem. Uh, is it Robert Frost? <laughs> I, yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, is it the, uh, that roads, uh, like two roads, and uh, you take the one that's yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The one that is less traveled. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Yes. So every time these two guys used to take a walk. Edward Thomas used to be like, "Yeah, ये रास्ता नहीं, वो रास्ता लेना चाहिए था. वहाँ पे कुछ होता ये था." And later. When Robert Frost went to America, he wrote a letter in that there was a poem, uh, sort of remembering their times together, and in which he writes, "Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and all that has made all the difference." Interestingly, he, he and won once, a Pulitzer for yeah. poetry. Uh, I think he won it four times or something. I'm not sure, but he he won wow. several Pulitzers if I'm not mistaken. I think what happened to Edward Thomas is when he read the last line, and that has made all the difference. And Edward Thomas, it was the brink of the World War. He was, uh, he thought he needed to enlist. Poor guy enlisted and died two years later. And as Robert Frost later said, that was not my intention. Sort of cruel yeah, yeah. story. Yeah, unsung martyrs of poetry. <laughs> that could be a thing. All right, yeah. it's your turn now. Ask yeah. me a so question. So, question is uh, about an organization. So I'll. I'll give you a backdrop. Mm-hmm. This organization, when it was at its peak, it was the richest organization in its category. It is not there anymore. But at that time, for that brief period, okay, it was the richest one, the wealthiest one, very uh, uh, technologically savvy and uh, very modern in their approach to a large extent. So this is the organization that I'm looking for. So I'll okay. tell you something more about the organization. At the end of it, you'll have to guess the organization. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, in recent uh, news, uh, not that recent, but uh, let's say in the past mm-hmm. five six years, cool. So the pa- fa- mm-hmm. past uh, five six years, uh, this organization has controlled a population of uh, estimated thirteen million people in the world, like controlled, like literally mm-hmm. controlled them, and that too for nearly three years mm-hmm. uninterrupted, cool. and uh, when it was okay. at its peak like i said it was not only wealthy but it was like almost global because it was uh, uh, mm. running government uh, in uh, libya like almost controlling the entire 100 mile mm. coastline of libya and uh, uh, mm. some uncharted forests in nigeria uh, it had an entire mm. city in uh, philippines in asia and okay. uh, a vast uh, like spread of uh, middle east uh, and uh, in mm. total it was uh, having a footprint in 13 countries so 13 uh, okay. countries close to 13 million people under its control and uh, extremely wealthy like far far 
wealthier than LTTE, which which was the wealthiest organization for the longest time. Uh, so, which organization am I talking okay. about? Okay. Okay. Uh, tell me one thing. Uh, when you mean organization, uh, do we mean it like a uh, industrial organization, or do we mean like a political organization? Because you mentioned LTTE. My first thought was it was something like a you know a tech company or a something like that. But you mean a political? So yeah, the ambitions are very political. so you can't say it's industrial but mm-hmm. very political ambitions mm-hmm. uh, but uh, more on the more on the violent side more on the military side you mentioned couple of places in africa but then you also yeah, mentioned philippines yeah. and you also mentioned yeah, uh, middle the east thing part like they were pretty global in that sense that when they were at that top yeah. for this very brief period they actually managed mm-hmm. to upturn a lot of lot of places so much so they they were establishing administrative centers like left right center so obviously this is a very very famous organization here okay yeah okay my i have a educated guess and then i have we'll a go for it guess <laughs> the, the educated guess sort of is boko haram because they are based out that's of a, africa that's a very good guess you are very close so to they answer. could but that's, so not, that's the not the answer yeah right Now let me go to the wayward guess. Are we talking about the Somali no, no, no. pirates? Somali pirates, they did well for for the for the sea area, uh, but uh, they were never organized mm-hmm. as such. The way I'm talking about this organization is uh, next level organized. Was next okay. level organized. Now it's uh, like literally falling down. But back then, it was some doing something. But uh, and we're talking about five six years ago. Five six right? years ago, the downfall started actually. uh the real rise took place at the beginning of last decade hmm quite interesting if you guessed boko haram right so you then you're very very close to the answer yeah. you almost cracked it what is the immediate next guess uh, yeah. are we okay are we talking about al qaeda again very close al qaeda used to be that guy in <laughs> taliban, taliban used to be that guy but no just take one more guess yeah in that same range what is left uh I don't know. Be con much? I I don't think ISI can that, be that. That is that, like but. it's not I, ISI. It's ISIS. It's ISIS. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, yeah. it's ISIS. Okay, so for yeah. three for three years they were like controlling almost uh, 13 million people under their thumb, and uh, they had uh, posts okay. like administrative posts in 13 countries across three continents, with funds Ooh. getting in pouring in literally from. Uh, Europe, uh, uh, America, and like they were, they mm. were the most technologically like savvy terrorist organization like in history. And mm. uh, when New York Times did a like a full fledged report on how they conduct their conducted their administrative duties, mm. uh, people apparently uh, when mm. they left, when uh, U.S. backed or mm. Syrian backed uh, administration came up, they were happier with ISIS. which is mm-hmm. strange because these people complained about the violence very like cruel mm-hmm. uh, dealings on on ground but at the same time they yeah. were saying that when isis was yeah. around there was no power cuts there was no litter there was no water shortage so administratively these guys were doing something else because uh, like i said they were very uh, using the most yeah. of technology and that was our previously recorded bit with shakti shetty and now we will be moving to our unheard bit from the episode that we recorded with ashwini natu 
But before that, before we move on to the next question, remember to check out our newsletter discontent. That is at studio41.substack.com if you want movie, music, reading or podcast recommendations delivered to you every week for free. And now, back to your show. And uh, this should be a rather easy question. And uh, this features one of my favorite uh, bands. So I thought, question Dali de Okay. This is a story of Drew Houston. Drew okay. Houston was a uh, student at MIT in uh, Boston. And uh, Houston used to play guitar in the 90s rock cover band at Boston bars and college parties and even dubbed it Even Flow after one of his favorite Pearl Jam songs. So Pearl Jam, the band, had a song called Even Flow. This guy used to play, uh, he was a student, uh, a computer science student if I'm not mistaken. But on the side, he used to play guitar for a band and this was one of his favorite songs. So what right. happened one day, uh, this is around 2007, uh, okay. whenever Drew Houston would, uh, let's just say whenever he was going to the class, he used to repeatedly forgot, uh, forget to carry his USB flash drive. Okay. Bar bar bool jata tha, and with that he got an idea of doing something and once he uh, got that idea, he developed something based on that idea and uh, one of his early versions of this product was called Evenflow as a tribute to the band. Okay. Now, the product grew and as luck would have it, one of the investors on the website or on the product, uh, I can call it both, is the band Pearl Jam itself. Oh, So when okay. Pearl Jam signed the papers, it was joked that this is reportedly the most costliest autograph ever. Okay. So basically... What you have to tell me is, what did Drew Houston come up with? What idea struck him when he was going to his class one day? Okay, so uh, okay, so basically the basic idea that struck him was because he used to keep forgetting to bring something. Yep. To pen his drive. Class. He used to forget his pen drive. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. So either so I am thinking between two things. Since mm-hmm. he was forgetting something, so mm-hmm. he developed an app uh, for you know something like a reminder or a to-do list or something. And my mm-hmm. other thought is that because he used to keep forgetting his USB drive, uh, uh, the pen drive, he mm-hmm. uh, had an idea that something like a cloud storage or some kind of some sort where. He doesn't need to get his USB drive. He can directly link it through his like class computer and get the information that he had on the USB drive. So these are my two thoughts. And your second uh, thought is absolutely correct. So he invented something oh. called first he called it Even Flow, but then he later changed it to Get Dropbox. He oh. actually thought that he would create a website where he would put his documents and, uh, you know, encrypt it so right. that no one else can get it. But then he thought, you know what, maybe everyone can use it. And then right. it became Dropbox and it became big. And one of the investors, as I said, was later uh, is Pearl, Jam. Pearl Jam itself. Oh, I never knew that Dropbox was named something else before. Yeah, even then. flow. Oh, very interesting. Very, very interesting story. 
so my last question is uh, so this is about a lady called monisha rajesh and she is a uk citizen of indian origin and so she used to live initially for a few years in chennai and then her mm-hmm. family moved to uk so one day she was reading an article in the uk about how um, india's domestic airline sector has grown and now uh, connects a certain number of cities in the country the domestic mm-hmm. airlines so she out of curiosity she just pulled out a map of india and uh, she was taking a look at what all cities are being connected now by airlines and she thought mm-hmm. it would be so cool to travel to all these cities on flights and uh, like travel all over india that way mm-hmm. but then she realized that the cost as well as the carbon footprint would be like too massive so mm-hmm. it was out of her uh, she decided to go not do that thing like go mm-hmm. against that idea but then she got this like she was bitten by the travel bug and she wanted to explore india so then she decided to take the trip to all those cities that were mentioned in the article but in some other manner hmm. okay and then after that she has written a book about her um, traveling experiences and hmm. the name of her book is a play on a classic uh, which whose story is on a similar theme like hers hmm so um, what is the name of this book which is written by monisha rajesh monisha rajesh okay so basically she wanted to travel the country but it wasn't feasible uh, at least yeah. by flying right so then uh, she looked into other ways of doing it other right. means of doing it right. and in that uh, she ended up writing a book about it right 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 and then that book is a word play on a classic i think i'm assuming another book yeah a classic book or a novel whichever you call hmm. it and the theme of that story is similar to what the theme of her book is okay i have guess i'm not sure if uh, this is a book or uh, i think it's a movie is it something like around the world in something something 80 days or yeah something? so the original book you've got it right around the world <laughs> I have in 80 no days yeah <laughs> i have no clue about it Okay. So that's the original one. So now the title of her book is a play on this title. And What is the original title? Around the world in 80 days. Uh-huh. That's the original one by Jules Verne. Okay. So this mm-hmm. lady, the book that she has written is a word play on this title, her ti- her book title. Okay, let me guess that. Around the world in 80 days. Uh around the country in 80 days. No, uh, so not so <laughs> yeah. the title is about so how she ditched the idea of planes and she mm-hmm. chose some other way of traveling so it's not uh, so that is incorporated in it mhm so what method of traveling that she chose oh did mm-hmm. she uh, use trains yeah 
yeah i think so i come across days. this book i think i have this book somewhere in my library which i never got around to reading around the country <laughs> around the country in 80 trains yeah ah. exactly around india in 80 trains that's her book oh probably i need to go back to it now that is such an excellent question around the around india in 80 trains i'm pretty sure that yeah. must have been an amazing yeah, uh, journey to have yeah i know and she has written it quite well i mean it's an interesting read and if somebody wants to undertake that kind of travel it's a really nice guide to you know how you can go about it this reminds me of uh, not exactly reminds me but on a tangential lines of this uh, youtube movie so it was just a couple of uh, film students who took okay. this journey across india and the deal was they would only take trains and they would only go in unreserved compartments oh so okay. it's called unreserved i think and okay. uh, it's got music by indian ocean and stuff and they go all across the country like they go to kashmir like wherever the farthest we have train going up then they go right. to south most point of india where the train goes and west and east and as i said they have to go in the general class unreserved yeah okay unreserved general class and that is they talk to people across the journey there so it's quite a interesting right. it's quite interesting uh, I, th- i think it's called unreserved it is on youtube i didn't yeah. see it no i'll check back. it out surely sounds very interesting yeah and that was the extended cut from the episode that we recorded with ashwini natu and up next is another quiz master that i truly enjoyed hosting on the show his name is arvind rajiv you must have heard the episode previously and this is again the unheard bit the extended bit from his episode but before that before we go to the next question let me remind you if you enjoy the game of cricket and if you want all the exciting news from the world of cricket straight to your inbox all you have to do is head over to sportscota.substack.com and we'll be sending you an email every week with all the latest cricketing action from around the world yep it is that simple sportscota.substack.com and on that note back to your show So this question is quite easy it's actually uh, about a famous movie mm. so this question is about a movie called Manthan which means journey okay. yeah and it was a film uh, made by Sham Benegal uh, came out in the 70s and it was based on the then National Dairy Development Board chief uh, a young mm. Varghese Kurian so mm. the film traces the origins of the movement through its sort of fictionalized narrative based around rural empowerment when a young veterinary surgeon who incidentally was played mm-hmm. by Girish Karnad and uh, he joins hands with a local social worker and that's how a milk cooperative is set in the movie and in Anand mm-hmm. Gujarat and of course this is sort of similar to the story of Amul and mm-hmm. what you have to tell me is for those times this film was also unique in a special way considering the topic it was about what was special yeah. about this movie okay um thanks that you asked this question because i was privileged to do a quiz for varghese korean oh wow <laughs> a few years back uh by a school which wanted me to do a quiz on uh, on association with 
the National Dairy Board, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I had to do a lot more research because what you know about Vargis Koyen is very little, right? What you know about him, he has done so much, and in fact, Vallabhai Patel played a very important role uh, oh. in the setting up of Amul. Many people didn't know that Vallabhai Patel was the person who told Vargis Koyen that you should start it as a cooperative society. Oh, right. And I never knew that Amul stood for Anand Milk Union Limited. Yeah, yeah, Only, yeah. I never knew that. So a lot of things. And uh, okay, I know the answer for this. Uh, mm-hmm. They, it was a crowdsourced film in the sense like yeah. the farmers or the milk people, uh, the far- milkmen, hmm. uh, everybody funded the film. If I'm yep. right. Yep, yep, yep. So it said that everyone put in two two rupees and together they made a budget of lakhs, ah. which funded. So it was the first crowd-funded film in the history of the country. But I am really curious to know some other trivia about Amul that you have because this was an old question. So I thought I'll just ask it because it's a very interesting idea that crowdfunding. You know, we have Kickstarter campaigns now, but back then in the seventies, they made a film by crowdfunding. So I thought that was quite interesting, but. Clearly, and I'm sure you have more fantastic. trivia about it. Yeah. Is there any other trivia that you have about Amul? I, uh, yeah, I do have. I do have a lot of trivias. In fact, Amul recently has launched a milk, uh, which they claim is the best for diabetes. Any idea what milk it is? Very recently. Uh, is it uh, something like a soy milk? One of those uh, type of things? No, no. Medically proven to be best for diabetes, beat diabetes. Uh, I don't know. Can you tell me? It's available. It's available uh, throughout. Uh, in fact, I have not tried it, but in cartons and in packs and widely advertised. I'll give mm-hmm. you a clue. Okay. I'll give you a clue. Uh, think of the arid climate. Goat or camel? Yes, it's a camel milk. Oh. Camel milk. They brought ah. Amul has launched a camel milk. I, I, in fact, I would be very happy if everybody tries that because it's supposed <laughs> to be very good for beating diabetes. I'll just, I'll try that for the taste. I'm quite curious as to how it tastes. Yes, even me, even me. I'm also very curious. Kobad uh, Gandhi. Kobad Gandhi. Mm-hmm. K O B A D. Kobad Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Is an Indian communist and Mahoist Naxalite leader. Yes. He is a member of the banned Communist Party of India, Mahoist, mm-hmm. and was assigned the task of spreading Mahoist influence in urban areas and running mm-hmm. its propaganda wing. Mm-hmm-hmm. Gandhi was in charge of the South- Southwestern Regional Bureau, mm-hmm. coordinating the Naxalite or Naxalism in Tamil Nadu. Karnataka, Kerala and Maharashtra where mm-hmm. activity remained stagnant despite Herculean efforts made by the Mahoist party. Mm-hmm. Right? So, this is about the Kobat Gandhi. Now, if IMDB is to be believed, mm-hmm. if IMDB is to be believed, which bilingual is based on the life of Kobat Gandhi? Which bilingual film is based on the life of Kobar Gandhi? Is it out already the movie, or is it being made? Yes, yes, it is. It is a much released. It's released about twelve years back. 
Oh, more so than quite that, a long time back years. it has been released. Long time, yes, bilingual. So, in fact, many people uh, believe that many people didn't know this because even there is the the movie. Many people think as another another story towards it, right? There, there are two. One is an epic, an Indian epic. Mm-hmm. It's there. Some say it's based on an Indian epic, mm-hmm. and some say IMDb says it's based on the suit. And uh, there has been some articles where even some film historians have also claimed the adaptations are, even though the director often remains muted in these things toward controversies uh, because they put a disclaimer. Uh, but um, many film critics and avid mm-hmm. film viewers have also the lead actor who plays the role in the Hindi uh, had very similar resemblance to Kobat Gandhi. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I think I don't know much about Kobar Gandhi. Uh, what I know is there was a case going on for a lot of years, and he was uh, in jail for almost a decade. And I think he was released later, maybe because of lack of uh, evidence or something like that. And uh, there was a huge Correct. case on was it fair to keep someone uh, for a ten-year trial when you couldn't prove anything. Yeah, but, he was a he was a well-known political figure, no doubt in that. He right. is a well-known. I think he's still alive. He's, yeah, he's still yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. aged. He's aged around mid seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't. I can't uh, think of any movie. Okay, which... I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue here. Uh, the movie, how the movie was titled, was based on the villain of an epic, Indian epic. I'll give you a clue. The movie was titled as in the name of a villain or a antagonist, I would say. So, uh, of a well-known Indian epic. So, like, right? say, Mahabharata so Ramayana kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. So, think of the villain, and oh. based on that, you can see similarities. Like, the movie, as it showed to the viewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, was based on the epic is what many people thought some of the scenes uh, add certain elements or certain so, chapters from the epic one film that i remember was similar to the epics was uh, that movie by uh, prakash uh, rajneeti which was sort of godfather meets uh, mahabharat but i don't think the no, kobar gandhi angle it's could not, come to- it's not mahabharat think of Other epics, Rama and then, oh, is it something like a Vanvas yeah. of sorts? Who's Ravan? Who Ravan? Yes, it's the Mani Ratnam's Ravan. Oh, I've not seen the film. Oh, is that where it could possibly be from? Kobar yes, Gandhi, the it? movie. Yes, mm-hmm. I'll give you the. Yes, well done. It's it's it is indeed Mani Ratnam's Ravan, which was mm-hmm. released in in, in Hindi as well as Tamil. Yeah, I think Vikram yes, was Tamil in the Tamil. Ravan. Correct. Vikram was in the Tamil. Hindi, I think Abhishek, if I'm right. Yep. yep. Abhishek Bachchan. Yeah. So, according to a source, right, mm. Mani Ratnam had appointed a team of researchers mm. to get as much data available about Kobar Gandhi mm. as he wanted Abhishek's character mm. to be strikingly similar to the Maoist leader. So, in Ravana, the movie, uh-huh. the Hindi version, Abhishek plays Veera, an Axalite leader. Of the downtrodden villagers in eastern Madhya Pradesh, just like Gandhi's Communist Party, Maoists banned 
Abhishek's organization was also banned in the film. So these were the um, things like which supports the, which gives you an idea that it's based on Kobat Gandhi. So money, uh, the thing is, uh, it is it, nobody claims so, right? Mm-hmm. The IMDb claims so, right? It may be a life of Kobat Gandhi. Interesting. That needs to be researched. I think Kobat Gandhi himself needs to be researched. I've not read much of his work. I've not read um, <laughs> much about him, but it's definitely that something. It's uh, some interesting articles by India Today, Times of India, where they have taken. Nobody has given an opinion, but they have taken from the words of Mani Ratnam's team, cameramen, uh, scriptwriters, and things like that. So that's why I framed it. If IMTB is to be believed. And that brings us to the end of this episode. This was another bonus episode, another special episode. Uh, we had three guests who have previously featured on the show. Shakti Shetty, Ashwini Natu and Arvind Rajiv. It has become a bit tough to navigate and schedule these podcast sessions of late because of, you know, the big C that has been going around us. But I hope to resume the normal recording pattern or the recording schedule soon enough. And hopefully by next week, you'll have a new brand new guest and a brand new show. Thank you so much for your time. I really hope you enjoyed this session. I really hope you enjoy these questions. And uh, yeah, thank you for your time. You can thank me for mine. Goodbye and take care.